disappointed? Are you desperate for help? You know what it's like to be tired and only a shell of yourself. Or you start to believe you don't have what it takes. Cause it's all you can do just to move, much less finish the race. All right, everybody, good morning. Special welcome to you if you're new. Good to see you again if you're not. Uh, let's open up with prayer, and we'll stand up and worship. Father, thank you for this day that you have made and given us breath and life in and the opportunity to have life in your son from the hearing of your word. I pray that you would work by your word and your people um, and bring us, may we leave different than we came and may it last beyond getting in our cars and going home. May you not only motivate us, may you transform us because uh, you alone have the power to do these things and we thank you for everything that you've spoken through your son to glorify your name to build your church up. May we experience that. If we don't know anything about it, may we begin to care about it. May you do a work of drawing us in, dissolving the resistance that is between us and making much of your name in the process that we might leave surprised by joy and pray for this season as we come into it. And thank you that you are able to accomplish everything that only you can. May you show us what those things are, redemption, transformation, salvation. It's for your wonderful name we pray. Amen. You can stand with us. thy people free and from our fears and sins release us 
let us find our rest in thee is our strength and consolation hope of all the earth thou art dear desire of every nation joy of every longing heart and have a seat. Got a few announcements this morning and just want to welcome you to First Christian on our first Sunday of Advent, trying to prepare our hearts for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and his birth. Um, first announcement this morning is going to be uh, middle school and high school will meet uh, via Good morning, everyone. Welcome to First Christian Church. We are so glad you're here. Tonight, middle school and high school will meet online for Zoom at 7.30 p.m. Amy Hetrick is heading up a Bible study called Chasing Lions. The study will be held online and you can grab those resources and sign up outside of the worship center. Advent starts today, so be sure to grab those resources outside of the worship center as well. The congregational meeting will be held December 13th, right after service. So if you aren't able to attend the service, be sure to contact the office to make arrangements. That's all the announcements for today. Enjoy the service. Officer Amy, she's right over here. <laughs> and uh, at this time, I'm going to ask Jesse and Dave and his family to come up for the reading of the Advent. 
theme for this week is hope. Scripture is Isaiah 9, verse 6 through 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of the peace, there will be no end. On the throne of Avid and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from the t this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. get turned on that way and the volume going up and everything else it's all good and certainly glad to have uh, 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 your family with us today welcome guys glad to have you here um, and hopefully uh, as we gather today for worship whether we're here or whether we are online uh, God is uh, present in in this set of circumstances in ways that are invisible but yet uh, very real and for that, I'm, I'm very grateful. So before I just begin my message time, I, I'd like to ask if you would just bow with me and let's ask God to, uh, to be in it. Father, as we just open ourselves up to the possibility of hope, we pray that you would speak to us through your word, that you'd help us, Father, to take hold of that thing that maybe we didn't see before, uh, that you have promised, and it is centered in your son, Jesus, and as we come to your word, may that hope that he offered come alive in us. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever had um, a, a dog in your world. Uh, but uh, as a little kid, I didn't have one for a very long time. And then my mom, whenever I was in seventh grade... I uh, came home with a little puppy. I didn't even ask for it, but when I got it, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. And when I discovered just how much this puppy really liked me, I thought, well, this is pretty cool. And then pretty soon, before you know it, uh, I named him. His name was Oreo. He was a peek-a-poo, which I don't know that people do peek-a-poos anymore or not, uh, but he was a little guy. And, of course, I was a little guy then, too, and uh, he was just perfect for the the place that we lived and the yard that we had and everything that uh, uh, emerged in our friendship, uh, it just seemed to get better and better and better. And I, 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 I remember as a kid, uh, we had horses out in the country and so we had a place out there and I'd take him uh, with us and we'd walk around in the woods and, and things like that. And uh, this, this relationship just kind of, kind of burgeoned, and everywhere I went, there he was. And when I went to bed, he was there at, the, at, my, at, at my feet. Um, and this was a wonderful experience that I never anticipated happening. And had my mom not brought this dog home, I don't know that I ever would have known the joy of having uh, a puppy that turned into a dog. But I also, as this relationship unfolded, uh, it ended uh, just as quickly as it began. A few, year, few years later, um, we, um, uh, uh, we, we had him, and, and, and he went out to uh, uh, go to the bathroom, and then he disappeared. And I didn't know uh, what, you know, where he went, how to look, where to find him. I searched all over the little town that I, 
that I grew up in of 3,500 people, and I didn't see him anywhere, and I just waited each day hoping that he would come back home, and for a week he, he never did. And then a friend had told me, oh, yeah, I, I saw your dog, and that he was on the side of the road, and, and someone had hit him. Well, I, I was just devastated. It was probably the most devastating thing that ever happened to me in my life up to that point. And I just couldn't imagine. Uh, and I was, in, I, was, uh, I was in high school at the time, and um, you know, I, just, I just couldn't imagine that that would have been the story of how that ended. And I remember sitting there in gym class whenever I received the news, and I just sat there and cried because I, I was so attached and then I swore I would never get another dog after that. It's too painful. And so for the longest time, you, my wife said, what do you think about getting a dog? And I said, absolutely not. And then my kid said, we'd kind of like to have a dog. And I said, no way. And then one day in a weak moment, they called me. I was coming home from a wedding I performed in Canton. They said, guess what, we're at Rogers, and there's this dog, and he is so pathetic looking, uh, and we better rescue him because this guy named Ed Leonard, who lives in the, in the hills of West Virginia, has a puppy mill, and this dog, if we don't buy him, he's not going to make it. And so I'm just like, okay, you can get the dog, but I don't want anything to do with it. So he comes home. And I, I see him, they're holding him, and he's dirty, and he's, he looks dehydrated, and I'm thinking, this dog isn't going to make it. And I said, well, have fun taking him out and feeding him. Be responsible. I just don't want anything to do with it. Well, as I'm sitting there watching this dog and the kids playing with him, he comes over to me, and all of a sudden, his primary interest is me and I'm like I don't want you and he kept coming back and I said I don't want you and he kept coming back and I'm like all right I'll pet you but that's it don't get too cozy well that's been some years ago and I think he determined that I was sort of like the head of the household and I was his person and there wasn't anything that was going to change that and as it turned out well I'm his person and I have a dog, and by, by the grace of God, you know, we'll have him for a good while. But I decided after that initial experience with dogs that the hope and the longing and the expectation for him to return and then him not returning, the disappointment was just too much. Until I got this other dog who became, who was a puppy, who became a bigger dog who is kind of obnoxious sometimes but still lovable and the other day we I had to get run an errand up by Warren and I it was my day off and it was like I was thinking in my head I think I'm going to take the dog with me he can ride in the truck because I, I usually don't take him very often because he's a handful but I thought you know what I think I'm going to take him. And he was looking at me, and he was just studying me. And as soon as I gave him the look, he knew. And this is how I, I know he knew, because what he does with his ears is he'll turn them back, and they'll flop back like that when he knows that he's getting ready to go in the car. It's weird. But I saw him, and when I looked at him, and he looked at me, and it was like he had the sense of expectation, the sense of hope that... He's going to take me. I know he's going to take me because so many times he said that to himself and I wouldn't take him. But this time I looked at him and he knew. I didn't even say a word. His ears went back and I started walking to the car or to the door. And he just ran right along with me and he looked up at me like, I know I get to go this time. I can read your mind. And I told my wife, I said, I never said a word to this dog. And he knew. He knew by looking at me. He was waiting in anticipation for that moment, for that actual day that I would say, okay, we can go. Because so many times he's been disappointed. Just like I was disappointed when I got the news that my first dog had passed away 
Disappointment seems to be one of those things that we are not strangers to. There's so many things that we want and we expect and we long for in life, but they simply don't happen. And it may have something to do with getting a dog or not getting a dog. It may have something to do with um, getting older as a kid and getting a bike or getting a, a computer or getting whatever that thing is that you really want in life. And all of a sudden, the opportunity's passed and you're disappointed. People have actually said about the United States that there are different nations around the world that have a primary characteristic about them. And you know what they say about the United States? Some people who study these things have said the one defining characteristic of Americans is disappointment. They, they, they just are never able to get those things that they, they want. There's always something more that they're longing for. And I don't know if it's because we're consumers. I don't know if it's because we just have a lot of ads thrown at us and it creates desire and longing and sometimes we get it, sometimes we don't. And maybe on Black Friday you're thinking, I could have got that thing, but it didn't happen and I'm disappointed. I, you know, I got online and I was looking to get that Xbox. Didn't happen. And so we know disappointment, don't we? But on the larger scale of things, I think a lot of us have disappointments that have to do with our faith with God. Because I know some of us feel like, God, why is it that when I pray, you don't respond in the way that I hope that you're going to respond? Why is it, God, that you seem to put things off farther and farther down the road? And in the scripture that was being read, there were people who were saying at that time, why is it, God, that you are letting evil people come into our country and basically take it over? And there seems to be no hope alive anymore. And that sense of God waiting and that sense of God not really offering what we need when we need it was something that as we read through the passages of Scripture, as we read through this book, which is a, a history book that runs for uh, literally seven, several thousand years, and you find this story over and over and over of waiting and longing and disappointment. But then you have those moments where God surprises. And I always think about the Christmas that I had right around the time I got the dog of going into uh, this, this warehouse that my dad owned. And I was just kind of going to a part of the warehouse I, I never go. And I found it. I discovered something that I didn't expect to show up in my life, but there it was. It was a, it was a, a new motorcycle. And I knew it was a Christmas present. And I knew that Christmas was still three weeks away. And I knew I could not wait. So I just sat there, and I waited, and I waited. And I even told my friend, I said, guess what? I found my Christmas present. And I can't wait for the day that Christmas rolls uh, <laughs> the red carpet out and says, here, Leonard, is your new motorcycle. I mean, it just, and, and sure enough, true to the script, it happened. It happened at the right time, and it was the right gift at the right moment. For a kid who was that age and had that interest. And I think the thing that God wants you and I to know is that He is never too early, He is never too late, but He's always right on time. Now, if, you, if you've ever read the Bible, one thing that you find out about it is that it is, it is. It is composed of what's called two testaments. And the Old Testament is from the beginning of time 
the book of Genesis to the period of time when the nation had been established, a nation of Israel, and the kings have come, and now everything's fallen apart. And if you've ever experienced things that have fallen apart, then you know disappointment. And so between, between the book of Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament, and so this, this, all, of this, all these pages here represent a few thousand years. And then you have a white page here. And there's about 400 years here of just waiting. And I couldn't imagine what they were feeling because God had given these people that originally got this book a lot of promises. And certainly over time, the promises started to show up, but it was in God's time. And one of the promises was that God would never destroy the earth again with a flood. Then there was another promise that God would give us a father, and his name was Abraham, and he would create a pathway for blessing to flow through his family all the way to a king named David, and David would sit on the throne, and he would be a just king. Now, a lot of us have just experienced in our minds uh, maybe, a, maybe a horrific uh, election experience, which, uh, depending on, on, on your view of the outcome, it was still weird. And there's a longing in us where we want somebody to rule or to be a leader that can make our streets safe help our schools to be a good place to go to school and learn well. And yet we live in a time where we find that there's a lot of fear and uncertainty, not only about COVID, but I was talking to a friend who was wanting to buy his wife a gun for conceal and carry, and he said that I went to the store to get it, and they said, we don't have any. I went to six others, and they said, we don't have any, and I went to fur, fin, and feather, and I don't know what, if there's another F word there, but we'll just leave it at that. And, 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 and the line was a mile long to get in to get a gun. And you think, something's not right with this picture. And there's a longing in the hearts and the minds of people today for a better day. And in Jesus' day, that longing was profound. It was so strong that for 400 years, God really hadn't said much, and they had almost given up hope on a lot of fronts. But we read a scripture from Isaiah chapter 9, which is several hundred years before Jesus, and certainly... Uh, a hundred or so years before this, maybe two, before this white page of 400 years. So if you're still with me, the bottom line is people were waiting. But what God provided was a promise that said the day will come when you no longer have to wait. And Isaiah chapter 9, if we want to put that up on the screen right now, it says... For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end, and he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever, the zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Well, that's a promise. And it's kind of like having that motorcycle in the warehouse tucked away in the corner where it's a thing and it's real and it's going to happen, but it's waiting for the right moment. And in this case, God, well, the people had to wait a long time before that, that moment happened. But there was something about that moment that was so special that they said, it is worth the wait because, God, you have been faithful in the past, and we know 
that when the time comes, you'll be faithful again. You will reveal that thing that we long for, that thing that we need, and you'll probably surprise us. But how many of you have ever heard of a child ruler? Now, when, I, when my kids were little, each one of them, when they came into the world, said, I'm in charge here. We will do what I say we'll do. And if not, I'll cry. If that doesn't work, there's diapers. And there's other ways of getting you to do what I want you to do. And three kids got us to do a lot of things that they wanted us to do. But at the end of the day, if you said a child is going to rule this house that has no understanding of economics, of paying bills, of discipline, of establishing order, well, you just have chaos. But what this scripture tells us is this child is going to have all of those responsibilities and they will actually be of such a nature that child will be the ruler of the world. And the reason why the word child is mentioned is because, well, they were used to having people in charge of their world that were not nice. You know, the kind of people that bullied you, that beat you up, that if you looked at them the wrong way, they would probably do something damaging to you or your family. That's the kind of ruler that they were used to. And they were longing for a day when this ruler would come and he would be a counselor. He would provide guidance. He would be the one to offer wisdom that was true and sure and certain. He would be the one who would be the prince of peace. That word called shalom, which means everything is working together in the right way. If you ever got up and you said, this is just, I can feel it. This is going to be a good day. We actually had that happen this Thanksgiving where we got up and Mandy said, let's start cooking the Thanksgiving turkey breast because we're we don't need all that turkey stuff so we just got the breast and let's cook the alternate thanksgiving ham so she put the turkey breast in the oven and did it up in a way that actually i'm like i don't know if that's going to work or not honey i said but I'll put the ham on the grill put the ham on the grill and everything cooked to perfection i couldn't believe it we weren't even trying it was just like the ingredients just sort of fell into place. And then all the other components, we've never had a Thanksgiving like this, to be honest with you. And it was just like we just, we just kind of hopped on the, 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 the Thanksgiving Day flow, and we just sort of went along with it. And it just worked together. And it had an incredibly enjoying meal with our family. And we got done, and we just kind of did a fist bump, which we never do on Thanksgiving. And I'm like, honey, it's been one of those days. It's been a good day. All the, all the Legos have snapped together in the right way. All the Tetris pieces have just come down and locked into place like they're supposed to. Well, there's this sense that the the people of God had before Jesus came that it was going to all somehow work together the way it's supposed to work together, not in that constant frustration. Because I can tell you stories of Thanksgiving of family drama where we had left a relative's house and it was like, yeah, that didn't go well. Or it was like, that kind of drama we could out. And for all I know, we were creating it ourselves. 
and you think about all of those relationships that mean so much to us but are so difficult. And this wonderful counselor says, I can provide a way for you to relate to each other in the healthiest way possible. And I, I just have to say this. I am so grateful um, for Dave and Jesse because I've seen them come to that realization that that layer of their lives that's called spiritual is a space that they have to fill with the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. Let me just say his name, Jesus. And there's a lot of us in this room who have said, I've got that family layer, I've got that work layer, I've got that fun layer, I've got that social layer, but we've forgotten about that, that layer that only God can fill. It's actually the layer at the bottom of all the other layers. And it isn't just that God says, I'm going to fill it, but I'm going to fill it a certain way with a certain person who is going to lead the way in the humility of a child and not in the oppressive, dictator-like nature of all the people that you've had to deal with these last four or five hundred years. And here's why it's so important that God waited. And I'm modifying this message quite a bit because I, I simply want to make one point, and I'm just going to say this to Connor. I'm going to fast forward to that slide that says God isn't too early and he's not too late, but he is always right on time. And we are in a season right now that is a difficult season for all of us. We have to wear masks because we're uncertain about what is out there and how it's going to affect our health. And especially if we have vulnerabilities, we're concerned that if we do get it, that it could be fatal. And then we're not sure because the effect of the virus is not of a nature that a lot of people are dying, but enough are to raise concerns. And so we're confused. And we're wondering, God, where are you? And for a lot of us, the fear begins to escalate to a place where we can't really even think straight, let alone relate well to other people. And when the wonderful counselor comes into our lives... He starts with a perfect love that actually displaces all that fear. Scripture tells us that God doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. And it all is sourced in Jesus. I wish I could tell you the number of people that I've talked to who said before Jesus became a presence in my life I was a different person and one of my best friends said you didn't know me before I became a Christian and I and I and I was I was blown away when he said this because he's one of the most positive and hopeful and gracious people I've ever met he said I was angry all the time and everybody knew it. And my wife knew it, and my kids knew it, and they got to the place where they didn't want to be around me. And then I let the Lord in. And that layer that was empty began to fill up with him, and something inside of me began to change. I know my wife had hoped that I would change. I know that my kids had hoped that they could have a father that could, well, be in a better space. And I know I gave them a lot of reasons not to believe that. And probably, if it wasn't for the one who is the source for all hope, Jesus, 
He said it wouldn't have happened. I'm not the same person anymore because that person, Jesus, is now inside of me. And life is good. It's not easy. There are frustrations. There are challenges. Those don't end, but how I relate to all of that has changed. How I relate to my wife has changed. How I relate to my kids has changed. And matter of fact, they would tell you, yeah, he's a different person, and we like him. Now, I'm not saying that he's the one who created the change. I'm just saying that when he invited the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace into his life, it just kind of started to happen. And it made all the difference in the world. But here's the thing I want to end with. He said to me, I have to get rid of some things in my life. I had to get rid of some things in my life in order for that space to be opened up for the Lord. And so he made some pretty dramatic changes. But sometimes it's so easy for us to look at the shortcomings of other people and to think, I don't have those. Another friend of mine was telling me that uh, in, the, in the factory that he worked at, he was managing some people, and he says, I remember the day that this happened, and it was several years ago. Gentleman came up to me, and he says, I've got to go home because I've got big problems in my house. And he comes home, and his wife is hysterical because his 13-year-old daughter, well, they discovered when his wife was cleaning her room that there was alcohol and there, there was some, some marijuana and there, there basically were things that were very, very disturbing. And so they just let her have it, both barrels, until it kind of got out of her system. And the girl is sobbing And they asked her, where did you get this stuff? And you know what she said? This stuff was actually yours. I was hiding it from you because it was creating so much chaos in our family that I didn't want that to happen anymore. Can you imagine? Sometimes children get it and adults don't. And this child that is mentioned here gets it. And the thing that he wants us to do is just like we invite a puppy into our world or if we're an adult and like we invite a counselor into our world, he says, I want to meet you where you are at. But you have to invite me in. But you know the thing about God is we're not always ready for company, are we? Don't you hate it when somebody shows up too soon? You're like, oh gosh, these are the early kind of people. They're here a half an hour early, and we still got to get the house sort of cleaned up a little bit. I can't believe it. We weren't ready. Or you ever have those people say, I'll be there right at 7 sharp. And 705, 7.10, 7.20, and then you're starting to get mad. And as soon as they open the door, as soon as you open the door, you're like, come in, because you can't help yourself. And they're like, I'm so sorry. I had a flat tire coming in, and... It took me this long to get it done. Thankfully, somebody came alongside and helped me out with it. And you're like, oh, man, that just, I'm threatened completely. And then everything kind of lightens up. God, when we begin to prepare our house for him, 
And when God begins that process of actually helping us prepare our house, because I think if anything God during COVID is saying to you and I, let's see how clean your house is. What do you need to work on? What is it that you have going on that you probably need to take away so that I can fill that space? And maybe God's doing that in your life right now. We've got plenty of time to think about our soul, our relationships, our fears, who we trust, what we trust. And God's saying, the answer's right here, and when you are ready, I will show up. I don't know what God's timetable is for our country, for our world, but I do know that for each of us, when we're ready, he's ready. And I'm so grateful that no matter when we call out to him, day or night, he shows up in whatever form we need him and makes all the difference in the world. I hope that if you have any hopes and expectations at all, that part of that is centered on a God who can and who will. Matt, would you come up right now? And let's just move this, uh, this time in the Word from the focus on our Lord and what He has to offer to us and what He wants to do in your life and mine. And perhaps He's calling us to a dramatic change. And I just want to hand it over to you guys because I know God has done that in the lives of a couple of very special people today. Well, it, it's a, definitely an exciting time. Um, I'm going to ask Jesse and Dave to come forward this morning. They, they've, uh, they, they've come through a lot, um, but, but they want to begin, begin this new chapter in life. Um, so I'm going to let Melissa say a couple things, and then I'm going to take their confession of faith and we're going to experience the baptisms today. So, um, First of all, I know there's probably some of you that don't know who Jesse and Dave are. So this is Jesse and Dave. Um, Jesse walked into our church in February and came into my Sunday school class that I was doing um, on a, pop, a podcast called The Bible Binge. And she came in and sat down, and she had never really gone to church or anything like that. And... We welcomed her in, and the next Sunday, she came back. I didn't scare her off, and I gave her a Bible, and she came back the next Sunday and went, I need some help. There, there's numbers, and then there's more numbers, and then there's stuff down at the bottom of the page and stuff at the top of the page, and I got to walk through that with her and explain to her what chapters in the Bible were, what verses in the Bible were, what words were spoken from God and from Jesus, and just to walk through that. And not long after, we shut down. But the amazing thing is, is God never shut down. And he kept going, and he kept working in Jesse's life, and in turn started working in Dave's life. And I encourage you guys to talk to them, because they have an amazing, amazing testimony. And, um, you know, their marriage was on the ends, um, divorce was filed, and now they're here today as a married couple to confess and to be baptized. And I just think that it's so amazing that even though we have so much discouragement in 2020 and we're like, God, sh like the church shut down, but it didn't because we are the church and we are his people and we are out there working. And Matt and I have been so blessed to get to know Jesse and Dave on a personal level and work through them and their journey. And I have a verse um, that I heard this week that I wanted to share and it's Psalms 34, starting with verse one. I will bless the Lord at all times. He shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will not boast and the Lord, the humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all of my fears. They looked to him and were radiant and their faces were never, will never be ashamed. This poor man cried 
and the Lord heard him and saved him out of his troubles. I'm so blessed to know you. I'm so excited to be a part of this journey with you guys. And I'm just going to pray, and then Matt's going to get your confession, and we're going to get baptized. (laughs) Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for this time that I have had and that Matt's had with Dave and I've had with Jesse to work with them independently and work with them together, Lord, and that you have worked so much in their lives. Um, And as Jesse said when we met this week, that it's a process and that we don't have to get our lives perfect and together before we come to meet you. And we are so thankful that your son died on the cross and covered all of those troubles, all of those sins, all of our fears, that we can come before you blameless and upright, that we can look on you with our faces radiant and without shame because you accept us for who we are. We love you and we thank you, and I just ask that you help all of us as a church, whether we're in this building or outside of this building, support people like Jesse and Dave, to be with them, to walk alongside of them, to know that this is only the start of their journey, that you just put a hedge of protection around them in their marriage, that you continue to work and to solidify that in you. We just bless you and honor you with all of this. Just one's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. All right, guys, come here. Because of your step of faith and uh, coming forward in, in front of all these people, the people that are watching online, I'm going to ask you repeat after me for your confession of faith. I believe, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, Jesus is the, Christ the Son of the living God, Son of the living God, and I accept him as my personal Lord and Savior. Well, we'll go in the back, get ready, and I'll turn it back over to Leonard here. Well, we're just going to shift right now into our time um, of communion, if we can. And um, there you go, Brian. Just giving that to a responsible adult. And, uh, but as, uh, as we uh, meet around the Lord's table, as you know, we have um, kind of a unique way of doing it during this season. And um, Jason, I know that you are, uh, you're gonna lead us as an elder uh, to this place. So uh, if you have these, um, please just take them out. If you don't, um, we can, um, uh, we can, the ushers would be happy to, to, to get you one. Just raise your hand if you, if you would like some. If not, it's okay. Um, but uh, as uh, Jason leads us to the Lord's table, uh, we'll keep these handy and meet with him there. vehicles, nothing. And here we are, you know, in eight months into a pandemic, and we think that's bad. There was 400 years of no hope for a lot of people, just a promise from God until he finally made, made true to that promise and gave us hope in his son, Jesus Christ. So, as, as we think about that this morning, let's focus on that as we take the cup and the loaf and as a reminder of his body broken and his blood shed on the cross for us. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for the hope that, you, that his birth and his death on the cross have given us. And we thank you for uh, the work that uh, you've done in each of our lives. We ask your blessings upon uh, these elements this morning. Let's stay. Amen.
Dave, upon your confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Death. Burial and resurrection. Jesse, upon your confession of faith, I now baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Death. Resurrection. Jesus. That's a pretty good way to end the service, but I will stand in praise anyways. Um, if you want, we're going to, we've been, like we've heard it twice today, but we're going to read it again together. Uh, so uh, let's read this together as a church. For to us, a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace.
on everything. I thank you for the testimony we saw today. May that uh, stir in our lives, whether we've been baptized or not. Um, there's always progress to be made. So give us the, the faith um, to rely on you more and make that progress. We love you. We praise you. We just pray for everybody as we go from here, God. Uh, bless them this week. And um, in good and bad, we'll just keep our eyes on you. Amen. Well, hope you all go out and enjoy the sunshine.